Welcome to The Trainer's Tribe, a podcast for group fitness business owners who want a reliable business that gives them the freedom and impact they desire. My name is Kyle Wood, and I'm joined by Dale Sidebottom. We're the first people to tell you that working harder or working longer is not necessary. We've both built successful boot camps and created profitable online businesses, which has given us the lifestyles that we love. How do you build a fitness business that's both profitable and that you love working on? That's why we created this podcast. Let's dive into today's episode. Hello, it's Kyle here. I've just finished listening back to this episode and you're really going to want a pen and paper for this one. It's just absolutely chock full of all aspects of planning your sessions from uh, the actual structure of your sessions to what to do with odd numbers and different fitness levels and what to do when it's wet and everything like that. I just wanted to include this little intro so that you don't think you're going crazy while you're listening to this. My cat is our third co-host today and you will hear her meowing in the background. So don't go looking uh, around your car for a cat or wherever you're listening to this podcast. It's just my cat uh, wanting to be famous. All right, guys, enjoy the show. So in today's episode, we're talking about how to plan the perfect session. So by that, we mean like what we do to create sessions that our clients love and that I guess then go into our products, like eBooks and apps and things like that, that then you guys seem to really enjoy as well. So what What's going on behind the scenes when we do that? Yeah. Or how do we combine? How do we drills? actually yeah. actually get to producing these workouts? And uh-huh. what sort of formulas have we found that have worked? And yeah, I suppose that's where we're going to go into today and talk about how important I suppose that is and how that can really set you apart from your competition. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I think that's really important. Mm-hmm. That yeah, hopefully either of our the way we plan our sessions or the way we do it, you know, you might find something from both of us that will really work for you. I think, yeah, I think yeah. that's the main thing about what we're going to talk about. Yeah, it can be good to see what someone else, like what someone else's process is as well. Yeah. Because you might have stuff that you want to add to it or if you're just starting out, like I think of like my process is very different now. It's much more refined now than it was when I was first starting yep. as a trainer. So. That's, that's obviously because you've got more efficient at it and, yeah, yeah. and better at it. I know myself as well, but there's yeah. still a couple of simple formulas that I use. I know you do as well when planning your sessions. Uh-huh. Yeah. Uh-huh. Okay, so we've both got pages full of notes. <laughs> uh, we're talking about where to start. So we thought we'd start with like the overarching sort of planning. So like, so I'll go f- first on this one. So for me, my boot camp around for four weeks Yep. and we had a week off. And then we ran for another four weeks. And that's the cycle we did. Okay. So, you, um, you had a break. So, you broke yeah, between. Yeah, we actually had a break. Oh, really? And I tried removing that break one year. Really? And the clients hated it. Because yeah. it's, it's interesting. It's just what they get used to. Yep. And so, they went. So, we, we, we kept that in. And I even tried doing like five or six weeks and then a break. And they really liked the four weeks. So, I kind of made the most of that. Yep. I think that's maybe why our 6 a.m. time slot was so popular because people knew that every four weeks. They'd get a they sleep in. they a sleep in, yeah. Yep. Mm-hmm. So, I would plan out. There would be, I would do, you know, like Mondays, it's the same workout all Monday. And Wednesday, the same workout. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, like the morning and evening sessions are the yep. same. Correct. So, that way, I'm only planning three different sessions a week. So, it was 12 sessions 
total that I needed to come up with. And what I used to do is sit down and write, you know, like on a piece of paper, numbers one to 12 yeah. for each session. And now I would try and come up with just like, just one like sort of spark of inspiration for each one. So some of them might be drills that I'd read in like the Facebook group or something like that in between sessions or that I've gotten out of an ebook. And then other ones would be like, hey, we haven't used dumbbells for a while. I want to use dumbbells. And I would kind of end up with this sort of 12 very different workouts. Cool. And the idea would be that some of them would um, be sort of more high intensity, like boxing type stuff. So there'd be a range of strength ones and there'd be a range of make sure I'm doing like some team workouts as well. Correct. At least two really good team workouts over the four weeks. Yeah. Uh, if not more. I think that's, I think that's really important because a lot of people I find that come to these sessions don't play organized sport. So mm-hmm. they come and if they can get not only the fitness side of things, but mm-hmm. if they can get that camaraderie and that social aspect of playing in a team, yeah, yeah. you know, it's, that really sets you apart. Especially here in Australia, like so many kids and now adults, they grew up playing some sort of team sport. Correct. They don't play anymore because yep. when you get, you get more, like, more likely to get injured, you know, as you get older. And two, maybe they just don't have the time for that anymore as well. Yeah, yeah, exactly right. Yeah. So that's where I started with when I started playing. That was the first thing I did. So yep. what... What did you do? So with mine, so my boot camp is set up. I do Mondays. This, this is my main one in Richmond. My Mondays, Wednesdays, Thursdays, and Saturday mornings. So the Monday, Wednesday, and Thursday, I do 6 a.m. and 6.15 p.m. So I run the same session as you do, but I've got each day structured so clients know what they're getting and they yep. can sort of plan some like other sessions more than others and they really don't miss those. So for me, Mondays mm-hmm. is circuit where we use a lot of kettlebells, slam balls, battling ropes. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of weighted movements there. And the reason I do this early in the week, and they've normally had the weekend to recover from last week's sessions yep. and they're fresh and ready to go. So I try and get a lot of the heavier stuff done on Monday and because they get Tuesday off. So okay. then Wednesdays is boxing. So just yeah. a full 45-minute boxing session. Thursdays, uh, and this is where we're just talking about games and things, this is, is, this is called challenge day. So this is just solely all games. Uh-huh. So these are all fitness games that I've made up, and I try and make a lot of these body-weighted exercises simply because by the end of the week, they're a little bit fatigued as well, and I find anything that's in a game situation, if – there's weights and things involved. Technique sort of seems to go out the door a little bit. Yeah. So by making it body-weighted exercises, it reduces the chance of injury uh-huh. and it allows them to go as fast as they want. So I find that because it's competitive, they're in teams, they're having fun, that they just push themselves like crazy. So that's my Thursday. Okay. and then so they, so they really like... Love it. That, that's important. Love it. Is like that one a, of your busier ones? Yeah, I'd say Thursday, Wednesday, boxing, and yeah. Thursday, yeah. Huh. Yeah, I'd say my two 6 a.m. sessions of those are nearly like they're chockers. Yeah. People love it. That means very full. Yeah, sorry. Not from Australia. <laughs> sorry. This means very full. <laughs> my, uh, my, my poor... Translated no, my poor Aussie slang. I like it. And then, uh, then Saturday mornings I run one as well, and that's normally a uh, combination of boxing and a circuit or something like that. Yeah. Yeah, so that's how I structure it. I've found that... 
yeah, by getting their weighted exercises in early in the week, boxing in the middle was really good, and then sort of finished the week off with a really fun, engaging challenge game yep. session uh, where you might play two or three different little games within the session. Okay. So there, some might be individual games, some might be team games. There might be like everything's different, you okay. know. So there might be three or four different winners per session. There might be one team, uh-huh. but at the end of the day, it doesn't really matter as long as they're having fun uh-huh. and they're getting results out of it. I think that's the main thing for my Thursdays. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. So, yeah, that's... And then, basically, I only plan one week at a time. So, yeah. I normally do it on Sunday. I normally sit down and decide what I'm going to do. Uh-huh. Whereas, your way of planning it out is probably you can have a... You can actually see the variations and things for your four weeks for the month, basically. Yeah. And because they got that week off, I did use the scale the worth challenge of the like the difficulty of the workouts yeah so week one would be because they're coming back off a break and because it's also the start of a new round is often more new like beginners in those classes yeah so the, the first session especially is like you we're pretty much going to do push-ups squats lunges yeah like like we're not going to do many like crazy exercises or anything like that and yep. i'm going to be going through the technique and we're probably going to have a lot of technique built into the warm-up and stuff like that because one, we've got new people, and yep. two, it's just good to reinforce Correct. that good 100%. technique with your clients. So, um, but the first two sessions a week were usually pretty e- like easy, like the intensity was on the lower side, yep. and then the third session of the week was higher. And then the second week, we had to do two high sort of, and by intensity, I don't just mean like a hit session, I mean like you can increase intensity by adding weight, you know, yeah, weights, yeah. like there's lots of different ways to increase the intensity. So then, yeah, week two, one easier session, two harder sessions. Week three, all three hard. Okay. Week three, uh, week four, two hard sessions, one easier session again. Then week five, they've got off. Yep. And then, and then week start one, again. start again. So I try and mm. kind of work that into like how I was playing the sessions too. I, I like that. So they were kind of getting, so like week four, you could notice after week three, they were pretty tired and yep. they were ready for that break. Then and then the they break off. Of the week, of the week off. Yeah, see, I suppose mine's a little bit different because I run all year round. Yeah, so and you need to keep people going. So you got to keep you structure. It's going to yeah, be so I suppose that structure and for clients who've been coming a long time, they expect it to be a hard session. You know, uh-huh. so I think that's yeah. the beauty of it that a lot of my clients that have come for a long time, if I've got someone new there, I can really invest my time solely into that new client or clients uh-huh. because the other ones. You know, you're constantly seeing them, you're constantly reinforcing technique and talking to them about it. And by the end, they're pretty good from that praise. Whereas if you've got a big group of uh, new ones starting, then, yeah, I can obviously see how important that is to get things right at the start. Uh Yeah. And we've both got our notes about training different fitness levels and we'll we'll get back, we'll come to that later. I know that'll be really good. Yeah. Because that is something, like how do you work that in? I suppose one, the, and then within a session, I suppose, so we've talked here about obviously the breakdown of a week and you've talked about the breakdown of four weeks, uh-huh. but then planning each actual session. Yeah, and, yeah. And uh, I suppose, again, like we said, this if this is done correctly, you, you're going to have a heap of clients because uh-huh. it'll set you apart from everybody else. Uh-huh. And I think the big aspect here is, and this is how I like to do it, is I break each session into three parts. Right, and why I do this, and I'll talk about each part. But if a client likes at least two parts of my session, they're going to leave happy. 
Yeah. Whereas if I run a full session for 45 minutes on the same thing and people don't like it, then slowly after a while, they're going to get sick of it and they'll probably go somewhere else. Mm-hmm. So I find if I can give a lot of variety, make it fun. So at least one activity every session involves some sort of fun activity or a tag game or a little partner challenge or I do a lot of musical workouts. So where you design a workout, obviously, no, you know what they are, Cole, but you design yeah. a workout for a song. So some of the basic ones, you know, like Sally was squatting and things like I've that. Never, I've never actually run one of them. You've never? Oh, yeah. so I've run. I've, I've never, never had music. Never had music. We just listened to the sound of the birds. Oh, it would have been, <laughs> would have been very peaceful. But yeah, uh, yeah. So, yeah, every session I normally start or finish with a musical workout. My okay. clients love it. So I've yeah, designed yeah. probably, I think, 30 I've got now. Oh, wow. Yeah. Awesome. So, guys, if you want to see what they are, you can go just type in Dale Sobot on YouTube. And I think I've demonstrated about 12 or 15 of those. So oh, cool. you can yeah, we'll put, just check those out. And, uh, show notes. And, and the good thing about that is that they're quite challenging and you can use it for a warm-up or a cool-down. So, uh-huh. And it's a bit fun too. Uh-huh. So, But, yeah, as I said, I, I think the main – so this is basically – I know you'll be able to talk about this as well, Cole, but I break up a session. So I normally have a warm-up activity. So that might be some sort of tag game, a little running activity, a partner challenge or a song. And how long will you will you want that? That would that'd go no longer than five minutes. Really? Really short, sharp. It's a fun... Well, you do 45 minutes. I'll do a 45-minute session. Yeah. If I was doing an hour, I'd probably do 10 minutes. Yeah. All right? And I think you set the tone in that warm-up. So, again, as a trainer, you've got to have high energy. You've got to be up and about. Yeah. If you're not then why are people coming? You know, yeah. they're paying for your session and for uh-huh. what you can offer. Uh-huh. So that warm-up, you set the tone for the whole session. Uh-huh. All right? And then I think it goes straight into the main part of your session. These normally go for about 20, 25 minutes of mine for my 45-minute session. So that's normally a circuit, a game, or a boxing, depending on what day I've got. Yeah. And then I've always got a finisher. So that might be a little rep challenge. It might be a team little bonding thing. Yeah. Uh, it might be a song. I normally finish with a lot of songs, like I was just saying. But this is something that either leaves clients with a smile on their face because they've had fun or every now and then it really, really stuffs them so that they're just absolutely spent. So it's really hard for a game no longer than five minutes. So they either leave happy or they ever leave totally exhausted. Mm-hmm. And often they'll only remember that last bit. So, again, it's how you want people to leave your session. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, I don't know if that's how you design yours or... Yeah, similar. I was going to say, I was. you made me think of one thing. And when that was with, like, how you show up to the session. And yeah. I know, like, we're talking about playing and it's not part of it. But, yeah, thinking about, you know, for me, I'm more... We talked about this the other day. I'm more introverted. So, it's like... If you want to think about the easiest way to define introvert or extrovert, it's where you get your energy from. So it's like extroverts get their energy from being around other people. Yep. Introverts get their energy from being by themselves. And so, like, it, yeah, it doesn't mean that introverts can't be around people or extroverts can't be by themselves. It's just what they prefer. Yep. So, yeah, for me, you know, being an introvert and you, you describe yourself as more extroverted. Yep. So, like, you be around people and you're talking about in the other episode about like doing the holiday program thing around these kids. And it's really hard. You're like still like fired up, energized. I think other trainers out there who feel like maybe they're quieter on the quieter side, maybe more that identify more with introverted. Yep. You have to put on a face. You've got to. It's, it's one of those. It's one of those situations where you, you can't. You're just rocking up. It's yourself. 
you're just going to come across as, yeah, as like... But you um, don't want to be there, not maybe. bringing that. Yeah. yeah, it's fine. People are going to misread that. Correct. And so, it's one of those situations where it's like, for that hour, for that 45 minutes, you can go home and like chill out by yourself afterwards. <laughs> but for that hour, that 45 minutes, you need to get yourself like ready and excited to be around people. Fake it till you make it. Like, yeah. if, they, if you're not up and about, <laughs> yeah. people don't know that you've got to be, as you said. Uh-huh. Yeah. And people will, and you'll be, yeah, people will reflect that back very quickly. Yep. Like, if you're bringing that energy, they'll reflect that back very quickly. Yeah. Anyway, I thought that was something, an interesting side note. To yeah. Put I, I think because people, the reason they come is because they want to feel part of something. So, if they can come and feel special, so you obviously pay a little bit of attention. And this is one of my big notes is that get there early and make sure everything's set up at yeah. least 10 minutes before clients get there. So yeah. then as each client comes, you can, how are you, Cole? How you been? You, yeah, you have a good yeah. weekend? Yeah. You know, how's the gym? How's that diet going? You know, or, you know, what? how's that party? How's your partner? Right. Then yeah. the next client comes, bang, you have a chat to them and they slowly start mingling. Mm-hmm. Whereas if, they're rocking up and you're still setting up or things like that. I just think it's bad organization. Yeah, yeah. So I think that's a really good way to build relationships uh-huh. at the start when you can have a little chat. Yeah. Because obviously during the session, yeah, yeah around techniquing, motivating, all that, you don't have mm-hmm. that time. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I think like with energy, they're two things that are non-negotiable. Turn up early, be prepared. And make sure you've got your game face on and you've got a lot of energy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think mm-hmm. that's so important. Uh, yeah. You make me think of uh, <laughs> there's this metaphor that's going to mind about going to the dentist. Okay. So, like, it's kind of like a similar thing would be like going to the dentist, you know, your appointment, you go in, they're like, you open their mouth, your mouth and then you, you know, like, you're not having a conversation with them because your mouth's open yeah. and they're doing the dentist check and then you leave. <laughs> and it's like... You can't talk. You would, you you would in them. a second, you would go to a different dentist, like because it's like what's that experience? But if you go in there, they chat to you. They they like my dentist does. Like makes me feel at ease. It's always during the during the thing is like explaining to me about what's going on. I'm checking this tooth. Oh, there's this tooth, and then lets me ask questions at the end if I have any questions about what happened. And then just like really nice manner. And then yeah, I leave that. I'm always going to go back to that because it's like a great experience. And yeah. I think. It's the same, that 10 minutes at the start of your session, yep. if you've set up first, that that's where you build that, start building that great experience. 100%. Whereas, yeah, if you're rushing around still getting your equipment set up and then it's just like bang, straight into warm up, uh, yeah, it's going to be very different. It's people that just, they may as well be going to a body pump class. Well, they may as well because then you don't, they don't know the trainer Yeah. and they don't know anyone in the group and that's mm-hmm. what it's like. Whereas you'll know at a start of session, and I know people relate to this, certain people just won't talk to people, but that's where, as a trainer, it's your job as well to say, oh, so-and-so did this as well. And, you know, so it's not only you getting to know them, but it's getting them to know each other. So you build a community. Yeah. You know, and and I think not only that, but with this comes, so like, just for an example, this Friday night, we've got our Christmas in July social, you know, so and that's because people in the group come they've met each other they've mingled yeah. and now they want to go out socially together so right. i think that all comes with me as a trainer at the start of the session allowing people that time to talk yeah. and also connecting those conversations yeah so if i was setting up i wouldn't have been able to do that uh-huh. yeah and i think that's so important for trainers yeah that's interesting hit on this so the, the part of the perfect session is not actually <laughs> <laughs> 
Pilot planning session is not actually. It's yeah. It's it's all it's before the session. Okay, it's in, yeah. yeah, it's like not even the planning. But that did. I w- when I, <laughs> the first thing I wrote was there is no perfect session. Yeah. So when I thought of perfect session, like you know, there will when when you're planning a workout, no matter how you set it out, there's always going to be compromises. Yeah. Like on a day you're doing boxing you're probably not really doing my strength work because it's just the two training styles don't go very well. Correct. Yep. So that's why the variety is so important. So that's why like I had my like month load of different workouts and you've got four different styles of workouts each week. So that was the first thing I wanted to say because I think sometimes we can get caught up in trying to create this like, this like perfect thing. And it's like no focus more on variety. Like you want to create a perfect week or a perfect month. Exactly right. Like think bigger. Yeah. I think, and I think you've got to look at that as a big picture. It's not just one session. Uh, and that's why people are coming. They're, they're sick of going to a gym or whatever and doing the same thing over and over. Uh, so if you can still offer the same thing. So I think it's important to cover all areas of the training. But if it's always different and people know what they're going to get, and it's exciting. Like I know people rock up when they, it's games day and they're like, what do we got today? Like what? Cause it's exciting. You know, yeah. it's something they haven't done before. Yeah. So you've got to be able to offer that to offer to your clients. Uh-huh. Otherwise they're going to be like, well, this is just like going to the gym. We've done this session last three weeks or, yeah. you know, you, you've got to be able to constantly come up with new ideas. Yeah. Mm. I think there is room for a type of boot camp where maybe you do like for the month, you do the same workout on Monday if there's some other sort of progression or something, mm-hmm. but that, but for the most part, most people who are coming to like a boot camp or a group fitness, they're not looking for that. They are looking for variety. Correct. And so I think that's why. So yeah, if you're very clear about that, this boot camp, we, we focus on, you know, like increasing your weight each week or maybe like your reps yep. and it's all very like calculated. That's going to appeal to a certain personality type. Correct. For the most part, most people who are coming to group fitness want They've probably done group fitness before as well. Yeah. So they're they're looking for a place where they can keep coming to and keep getting challenged in new ways. Challenged in new ways, but and as we said, feel part of something. Yeah, the community. That's like I think Uh people you've got to realise how important that is. Yeah, when you rock up and there's Mick and Davo. Yeah, Billy. Shazza. Shazza, Sarah, (laughs) Megs, how are you guys? You know, how's your weekend? Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think that's like they may not realize that's what they're signing up for at the start yeah but that's exactly what they get Mm -hmm. so if you can create that environment where you have really good like-minded people Mm -hmm. then new people come and they want to be part of it and i I think that's part of planning the perfect session that it needs to you need to realize what your audience is yeah so if you've got people that just i've had people that come before and they reckon we don't do enough reps or there's not enough hard like AMRAPs or things like that, you okay. know, and, mm-hmm. and that's fine because mm-hmm. I do that once a week, but it's not every session. Yeah, yeah. So I think you need to be clear about what you want to offer with your group yeah. sessions and then your clients, you'll build clients that want that. Mm-hmm. You know, you're not always going to please everybody, you know, but majority of time, if you can really get a niche on the market, you will be able to attract people you want. Uh, plan yeah. So I actually still haven't gotten to <laughs> talking about how I planned out session. Uh, I used to do. Um, I'm a really big stickler for like long warm ups. Okay. So yeah. ten or fifteen minutes for the warm up, even when I dropped to forty five minute sessions. You still did that big? Yeah. Yep. Just because I noticed, I just noticed a correlation between that and maybe niggling injuries and cool. things that people would get. So and especially during winter when it's mm. cold. 
So usually what I would do is some warm-up exercises or things like that, maybe some mobility stuff or a game that worked in some mobility stuff. And then if I did the first thing, I would do a game after that. Okay. So I would yep. do my game sort of thing at the start of the workout. Yep. So yeah, so it's more like traditional kind of warm-up and then let's bring the energy level up with a game. game. And then we would jump into that. Um, cool. So, and the warm-up might include exercises that we were going to do during the session good or like the basic movements of it yep so that way when we jumped into the session yeah so very so, fresh in their mind uh-huh yeah so i really tried to plan it out that way good um and then when we got into our main session yes yeah, so when when i was doing 45 minutes yeah it'd be 20 then 20 to 25 minutes yep. of the session and then when 45 minutes we didn't do finishes as often like okay. 60 minutes we'd always have time but we yep. just didn't have as much time to reduce that time they'd normally have yeah mm-hmm. so either i'd work sort of a finish it into the workout so the actual workout we were doing maybe we'd do a final round of it with like less reps but less rest yeah and, or something like that so it'd be kind of worked into it or if we were doing like an e-mom or something like that which tended to go a bit shorter we would work a finish it into we would do a finisher after that. Yep, gotcha. Because then we'd always allow time for a bit of a cool down and a stretch at the yep. end of the workout. And that's important as well. That's uh-huh. that's where you can reflect and have a chat if they're yeah. if they're not too too tired, I suppose. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, in my evening group we used to like go around the group and just share what we're having for dinner that night. Okay. That's and cool that enough. was always really interesting. Yeah. Because people, like, it actually shifted what people were having for dinner. It's a really good way. It. it was no pressure. It was no judgment or anything like yeah. that. But it was just like, oh, what are you having for dinner tonight? And then slowly, like, people started eating, not even just healthier, but, like, more effort into their work. They weren't grabbing, having frozen vegetables with their, like, frozen fish or something. Yeah, like they're that. actually no, they're doing actually, fresh stuff. Yeah, yeah. Uh-huh. Well, yeah, that's... Putting that's, a bit of effort in. It's a really good... I've never thought of doing that before. I normally use that time just to have a chat and reinforce where they'll probably be sore after the session or yeah, certain yeah. areas that they may need to stretch over uh-huh. the next couple of days or talk about if it's early on in the week what the sessions are going to be for the rest of the week to sort of build that hype. Yeah. But I do like that one. I'm not, uh, yeah, yeah. there you go, I'm learning something as well. Because there was, there was usually maybe like 10 max, yep. usually like eight. Was on, so there's not too many people to sort of go around. Go around, yeah. In the morning when there's like 25 people, you know, you're probably not going to do that. No, no, <laughs> like, no. oh, what are you going to have for breakfast and stuff? <laughs> <laughs> I suppose you and that would just come down to your, you'll know your group better than anyone. That may not work with some, but yeah, yeah. even I think it's important yeah, to have, instead of just in silence at the end, you, you need to have something. Yeah. So I like that idea because it's normally me talking. Instead of me talking, let it, some of the clients talk, uh-huh. which I know they do to themselves, but yeah, I like that idea, sharing... Yeah. Uh, yeah, I was going to do it in the morning because they're not going to eat dinner for yeah. a while. But uh, no, I do Final like that. have for breakfast, I guess. <laughs> that's yeah, a that's one. a good one. Now, uh, leading on to the next one, if uh, how, do, how different fitness levels, like obviously that's the beauty of being an instructor in boot camps or group fitness. Uh-huh. What were some of your ways of dealing with uh, different fitness levels? Yes, good question. I actually wrote a little ebook on this. You do. <laughs> we'll, put that, we'll put that in the show notes, show notes as well. Yeah, perfect. Yeah, I had some some tricks up my sleeve. The main thing was, like, the simplest way to deal with different fitness levels, obviously, like, time. Like, you just do time. But you can't 
time every session because no. it just gets boring for your clients. It gets boring for you because you're like staring at your stopwatch all the time. Yeah. So I tried to work in ways which the difficulty of the workout varied. Yep. Based on their fitness level. And most commonly I would plan for three different fitness levels, like a beginner and intermediate and then like your sort advanced. of higher and advanced clients. Yeah. Sometimes I would just plan for two different fitness levels. So it's like the base workout and then there's like an advanced option on top of that. Cool. And and then other times I would do even like four different fitness levels if I felt if it it just depends on the workout. Like you gotta have a feel for the workout and see like you gotta think and this just comes with the experience of training, but you've got to think about when is someone going to fall behind? Like, is this exercise doable for this many reps by a beginner? Yep. If not, then maybe I need a lower, lower so a tier. So, like rep this. scheme? Yep. Yeah. So, often I, um, I either split it by offering three different exercises. Cool. So, at the start of the session, and I'll talk about how I split up the groups in a sec, but at the start of the session, basically get them in three groups. And so, if you were a beginner, you did all of the beginner stuff. And I might not call you a beginner. I might call it just you're in you're an A or you're a, you're a one. Yeah. And then the twos would do all another set, and the threes would do another set, and they'd all do the same reps and everything. But the drill or the exercise is more challenging. Yeah. So, like, you there might be like a kneeling push up, then like a push up on your toes, and then like a Spider Man push up or yeah. something like that. And really like pushing that advanced group. In my book, the advanced group should actually be the ones finishing last. Yep. You know, if, not because quite much. Maybe like a minute to or work 30 harder seconds. Because they don't like finishing exactly. last. Exactly. So yeah. they're going to push themselves really hard. Yep. And give them, yeah, really challenge them as well. Because they've been coming for all. It's like you said before, like your, your clients, because you're sort of rolling on with your sessions. Yeah. They really expect that a challenging session. Correct. has been coming for a yeah. while. And I suppose so don't be afraid to challenge it. And the best thing, like you just said there, that your newbies are finishing first. So, like, the worst thing you can do is have them finishing last. Yeah, yeah. Like, uh-huh. they're so self-conscious uh-huh. coming to a new group. They don't often know anyone. The yeah. last thing you want to do is finish last. Yeah. You know, like, yeah, people yeah. are waiting for me. Uh-huh. Like, that's just diabolical. I can imagine what that would be for me. And yeah, that's like, that's what I mean. Like, you just got to think yourself, you know, you're going for a new job or you're going to a new place you don't know anyone, uh-huh. you don't want any attention on you uh-huh. and that's what that does. So that's why, yeah, get the get the, the, the advanced group finishing last. I think yeah. that's very important what you just said. Uh-huh. Yeah. So sometimes I would group them together. That's just often when I do like four groups. Yep. So I have sort of a beginner's group, two intermediate groups, sort of a lower fitness and a higher fitness intermediate group and then an advanced group. Yep. And then each group has maybe like they just have to do extra rounds of the circuit or they have to like multiply the reps by a certain amount or no wondering that's too confusing but like yeah that i would have written out yeah what, on your board. What the actual yeah. Were. Yep. De- yeah it depends on the thing or maybe they've got to run further the the higher up in the group they are and that way as well they that's really good i found my advanced clients really like that because they really liked working with the other really fit clients because they really pushed each other well. Yeah, definitely. And the intermediates as well. And the beginners, it was almost like, yeah, they had their own boot camp then where they were just working with the other beginners and each they other. also didn't feel threatened by the groups. And that's so important, uh-huh. particularly in big groups. Yeah. Mm. And then the other thing I would do is opposite to that where I would handicap. So by that, I mean, I would put either, you do handicap pairs where you pair like the fittest person in your group with the least fittest person. Yeah. So they're together 
and then like the second and the, the second and, and so on and so on and then they're doing some sort of partner drill maybe they're doing like a a chipper so they've got to like do a hundred reps together. Yeah, so to Centurion or something. More. Yeah, I've, yeah, I did or, that this morning actually. Mm-hmm. So one person runs for one reps and then you swap yeah. over. Uh huh. Yeah. So the run, the less fit person is going to be slower on the run, which means the other person is going to be doing more reps. Yeah. And yeah, so so that so that balances that depending Correct. on what you have. And then I also also use the handicap teams for like group chippers as well. So that way you'd have like a spread of fitness levels yep. in each team. Doesn't work well with running drills, obviously, because yeah. the less fit person will will not be able to keep up. But for strength based drills and things like that, it works really well because the the everyone just can contributes to the groups. Yeah, to total, the score. However, yeah. they can and maybe you, it was an AMRAP as well. Yeah. So it's like everyone's doing the AMRAP at their own speed, and they add their rounds together right. at the end. And it's not individual based, so you're not saying, "Oh, I got four, oh, yeah. I got six. Uh-huh. That's as a team. Yeah, I think that's so important. Yeah. Because no one wants to know, oh, I got the lowest. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, and that's it. And like when you said, like in groups, you can always set the running distance. I suppose different for the advanced or the uh-huh. beginners. And you just say, look, this is you'll work up to that. Some people obviously won't, but there's different ways of doing it. And I think it's important to still let everyone mix at certain stages. Yeah. So not just to segregate people because they're a beginner yeah. or they're advanced. Yeah. Because if you start doing that then I, I just think your sessions get too mixed and people only socialize with certain people. Yeah, interesting. You, you need, like, a lot of times they need to be in certain groups, but then again, you need to have activities where you said like an AMRAP or something where they can work together. Yeah. Or a certain game where it doesn't matter if someone finishes versus they have to do it uh-huh. together. Uh-huh. I think that's really important for bring, bringing that group together. Yeah. Mm. Yeah, that's good, good advice. And another one you said about timing so i know a lot of trainers i've seen look at their phones or i've got a watch uh-huh. um, i use my ipad so i've got an interval timer set up on my ipad i turn that on the side and it's like a huge stopwatch yeah awesome so and that's just hooked up to this portable speaker i've got mm-hmm. so as a trainer i don't even need to look at the time yeah i'm not even worried about that whereas then i can just have my whole attention on all the clients uh-huh. so instead of looking at a clock or your phone you know, that's not an issue. And then the clients know how long they've got to go as well. So I think that's a little tip that I've picked up. I used to use my phone and I just felt like I was looking at my phone all the time and I'm like, this isn't really good. Uh-huh. Yeah, so like there's a free interval app and iPads only, they can get one for 200 or 300 bucks now. Yeah. yeah, that's true. So I think that's a really good investment. Yeah. Okay. What are some other ways you manage the different fitness? Did I just steal all your fitness levels? You stole a lot of them. Um, <laughs> I suppose... I suppose because I structure my sessions so differently yeah. that, and there's three different sessions within a session, I suppose, which okay. I can normally do a lot of them for time. Okay. So I normally, most activities are going for time. So then the advanced people can go as crazy as they want yep. and the intermediate can just continue on at their own pace. Mm. So I think that's why it's important for me to have so many different little session set up in within the one session okay that way everybody's getting a bit of variety as well yeah so and i do make it so on thursdays there might be one game where people play individually or and then there might be a team game where everybody works together but they're still getting reps but you mix everybody up so Yeah, yeah i think that's so important i don't like having you're an advanced you're a beginner i don't like labeling I like the idea of one, two, three, or whatever, but people still sort of know. 
Yeah. So that's where I think by mixing them all together on that third, well, mine's on a Thursday. I think mm-hmm. they really like it. Uh-huh. Yeah. But yeah, I suppose, as I said, I use a lot of timing, different rep schemes. So if there's a certain game, I'll have intermediate advanced. Yep. And there might be three or four reps different for each of them. Or if there's a running part of it, advanced might run 200 meters, intermediate 100, beginners 50. You know, like, or just yeah. different things like that. Mm-hmm. But a lot of the time, yeah, I find that using timed workouts a lot easier for me as a trainer. Yeah. Yeah. And I know you would as well. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Mm. So, but yeah, you did steal a lot of them, but that's all right, mate. I thought they were really good. You are the one with the ebook after all. So, as I said, that'll be in the notes. So, you've got to go through and have a look at that as well. So, what what do you usually do to get, like, do you tell clients which fitness level they should be in or do you get them to choose themselves? I I normally, ones that have been coming for a while, I'll let them choose. Uh Uh, If somebody's new, then I'll tell them what they do what they need to do yeah. just because they're like, oh, no, I'll, if you don't tell them, they're yeah, like, yeah. oh, I'm going to do the hard one. Yeah, yeah. And you're like, oh, yeah. no, yeah, I should have said something here. It's going to be diabolical. Uh-huh. So I normally, yeah, select that. But for everybody else, it's really up to them what they do. Uh-huh. Yeah. So I find, yeah, it's a hard one because certain people should be doing one, but you don't want to tell them that. Uh-huh. But I suppose at the end of the day, it's their choice. I like, I like that as well because, yeah, I feel like they – they get something out of choosing their own they do. sort of workout. It's their, it's their choice. Yeah. I think the only one that, as a trainer, and I know for myself, is on Boxing Day that you pair pair certain people up, certain yeah. abilities. Obviously, new people that... Because if you've got somebody that can't hold the mitts, yeah. a, like someone has been coming for a while, they get very frustrated. Yeah. So that's crucial. I think you're pairing up on Boxing Days. Try and, I try and get similar people that go together a lot to go mm. together. Um, but I find, yeah, that can be a bit of a touchy one if uh, you don't do it correctly. I had a few more ideas of like when I split. Uh, so I used to do pre-regular fitness testing. Yep. So for some workouts, I would actually sit down the night before and based on who I knew was going to be there, because everyone booked in, Yep. Uh, I would actually put them into groups. That's good. Based on the fitness level, either like, yeah, this is the advanced group or this is the sort of work out who's what based on maybe like their run or their push-up depending on whether we were doing a strength workout or yep. a cardio workout and that worked quite well and then you're just like there and you're reading out the names and they don't there's not really maybe I'd make them make up a team name then yeah, yeah. themselves or but there was not like team A team B yeah, yeah, kind yeah, of yeah. thing so if you don't do fitness testing you can this is a quick and dirty option which is just getting them to like run to like a tree or a cone, get the whole group to run and come back. Pick them off as they come back. Yeah, exactly. Yep. So as they come back, you number them off. Yep. And we get them to line. If they're coming back too close together, you get them to line up and just and then you go through and number them off. And the other one that I picked up was uh, get them to grab a partner. This is always a great one. So you say today's workout, we're going to pair up. Everyone picks their favorite partner, usually someone who's similar fitness level. Yep. Get them to line up in two lines so they're facing their partner. And then you're like, okay, this line's team one, yeah. this line's team two. That's the oldest, that's the oldest teacher drinking the yeah. book. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. 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 so I mean, oh, that, I want to be my partner. Well. Yeah. Uh-huh. <laughs> and then, so that's like you said, like, mix, like mixing people up. So yeah. sure that's a good way to do that. And as well, people will usually pick someone of a similar fitness level. Correct. So you can, yeah, yeah, it, it gives you roughly two even groups. People normally gravitate to people that are either friends or they're similar in ability. Uh huh. Yeah, so I, I think that's a good way of doing it. Yeah. It's one of those things, though, if you do it too often, people will catch on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. 
I didn't do many workouts where it was like we just had two teams. They were pretty rare. Yep. So, so yeah, it, was, it wasn't one I used too often. Well, that's all right, though. I like, see, I don't have people, people don't book in for my sessions, so uh-huh. they can just turn up to anyone. So, uh-huh. I suppose with my planning and I couldn't pre-organize groups or yeah, yeah. you've got to make the session pretty generic or pretty open mm-hmm. because some days I might have 20 people there, some days I might have six, mm-hmm. you know, just depending on the weather or things like that. Mm-hmm. So, I suppose that's a little bit different as well. And I'm sure everyone out there has different things you know people rocking up late yeah yeah. you know like that's always a hard one you know i used to have think should i have a penalty for people rocking up late or should you do something else you don't know now i just sort of start the workout right on time though okay um and if anybody's late i just slowly when i get a bit of time i'll explain it to them and they'll join in i don't know if you had a I know some people penalise them or the group do burpees at the end or... No, I never did anything. Yeah. I always wanted it to be a positive experience. Yeah. And I felt like... I think... I know some trainers that works for or like birthday burpees and stuff like that. Yeah. And it's it's like I said, it's kind of the culture which you bring to the... Your to the group. Fitness. Yeah. And for my group, that would have felt... I think they would have felt like they were getting unfairly punished. <laughs> yeah. But they were pretty good at showing up on time. I just had a... I just talked to people. If they start... If, if it started becoming a pattern... The people showing up late, I'd be like, "All right, guys, we need, I, like you need to be here at five to six. Yeah, because we're gonna start right on six. And yeah, I, people are pretty good. Yep. Hmm. Yeah, I, I, that doesn't happen often, but yeah, I, I have obviously read on the Facebook groups and things like that of penalising people who are late, uh-huh. and I'm like, well, I don't, I don't agree with that. Well, there's always the joke, especially around boxing, when you've got even pairs for boxing, and you're yeah. like, yes. And then, and the then like, someone rocks oh, you. What? Like, no. <laughs> and you're like, oh, I'm going to have to get on the pad. <laughs> or like, it's some weird three thing, which is actually good, because uh, I know you've got some, you've actually got, is that mainly what you're thinking of when you think of odd numbers? Yeah. So. You think for boxing? Boxing particularly, because like, if you're doing a circuit or an ant, like, you can normally plan, so I'll plan every session, so. Mm-hmm. If it is a pairs working or something, you normally get your fittest person to do it by themselves, or yeah. and you normally rotate like that. That's not a problem. Yeah. Boxing's a hard one, I suppose. That and more often than not, then I will go on the mitts. Okay. Yeah. So I have before done other little things where you get in a three, and yeah. they might do like some body weighted tabatas or things on the side while the other group work. Uh-huh. But I've found then that in that forty-five minutes, that three doesn't get as much as the other pairs. Yeah. So I normally pinpoint the fittest person in the group uh-huh. and say, right, you're with me. You're going to double up and you're going to do twice, boxing twice through. Okay. And I'll, for the first part of each round, I'll just tell them to do some shadow boxing and I'll just make sure that everybody's got the right technique or the right idea. Uh-huh. And then I'll go, because obviously they're doubling up. They're going to get more than anybody anyway. Yeah. So that's how I've sort of dealt with it. I find that people don't want to do body weight exercise or anything when they've got their 45 minutes of boxing. Yeah, yeah. So if it is uneven numbers, then, yeah, I, I normally go on the mitts. Yeah. But I make sure everything else is fine and everyone knows what they're doing before I'm with that person. Yeah, it can be harder in those bigger groups. Okay. But then I guess, like, when your group's getting to 20 people, like, that's really when you should probably get an assistant. Correct. You should. Yeah. Yep. So, so then, and then that's not a problem. Then it's like, yeah. Then, then your like, assistant does it. Yep, you're on the yeah. mix today. <laughs> yeah, exactly right. Yeah. yeah. And that's why I have them. Yeah. With, so I used to do a similar thing where I jump on the mitts, but I used to, 
usually my workouts, my boxing workouts had sort of three or four sort of sections to them. Yep. And so each section I would sort of pick on a different person. And you'd go for who would Who would double up. Yep. And so that way they're working really hard. And yep. usually like, yeah, usually the fitter client, you know, the ones Correct. that I know. Or and, the, and people out there know who they pick. And I'm yeah. sure they do that as well. Yeah. And it's, to be honest, the only session I worry about if it was a certain way as boxing, you're like, oh God, I need, I need this. I need even numbers today. And mm-hmm. more often than not, it's always uneven. Yeah. It's always, way, it's always why you don't want it. Yeah. So I think that's, uh, yeah, that's basically how I do it. I don't know if you had any others. No. Yeah, I pretty much jumped on, jumped on pads. Yeah. And got someone to double up most of the workout. I know there are some other ones. Uh, sometimes we did like a boxing in threes type workout. So that would lend itself already more to like odd numbers. Yeah. Because you could always get, it was easy to get four people in a group if you had sort of a weird number. Yeah. Uh, or five sort of people in a group, you get them kind of swapping around. Or I do like there's a there's a drill. I think I got off Gary Robinson, which is called Circle of Mayhem, or something similar to that. Is that where and that you actually want like an uneven number? That person in the middle of the activities left yeah. out. <laughs> yeah, and then that's I'm using like, the chairs. Yeah yeah yeah, 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 yeah. And you change, and you can't go to anywhere adjacent, and so you got people sort of running around like chaos, and you like switch up how long it is, and yeah, actually, I've got some videos somewhere of doing that with my group. Yeah, so that that one you actually yeah do want uneven numbers. Yeah. so that can be a good one on a day when maybe you do have uneven numbers yep. and maybe you'll swap out the last drill. You'll do that instead of, and then you can give yourself a rest and a chance to correct. Cause that's the other thing. If I got uneven numbers, when I was, especially when I was doing four sessions in a day, if I got uneven numbers every session, like my shoulders hurt from yeah. just holding pat. Correct. And, and so you got to look after yourself you and do. your body as well. You do. And I think that's, again, it comes down planning your session, particularly on boxing days that, if there are uneven numbers, you have something set aside like that musical chairs or uh-huh. an activity where you don't need to be on the mitts uh-huh. or you can, so you're not constantly going because you do need to look after yourself. Yeah. Like I know on Tuesdays, I do a lot of mid holding and by the end of it, my shoulders are killing. Yeah. You know, like you can't sustain that. Yeah. So particularly in a group session where there are other people, you, you need to make sure that you're planning you plan for at least one activity where you don't have to hold the mitts. Yeah. If there aren't even numbers. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think that's really important. That got me thinking about what we should, like, maybe some other scenarios when things don't go to plan. So we've talked about, like, planning the perfect session and we've sort of covered how to, you know, we've covered that, well, one, there is no perfect session. Yeah. We've also covered that how you show up is just as important as the actual session. Yeah. But then we've talked about like, yeah, you playing out your week of workouts and then your actual individual sessions. But yeah, what about like when things don't go to plan, like when it's wet? Like what do you do with, what do you do at the moment with wet weather? When it's wet, so there's this bridge that we work under in one of our venues or there's in another venue, there's like a veranda that we go under. Obviously, you've got your session planned, but sometimes you just need, you need to have little backups. I've just Uh got little backups that I'll go to that... I wouldn't use for my normal sessions that I know work. Yeah. So I suppose these are little favorites that yeah. I know the group likes, but I save them for times where we can't do the normal session. Uh-huh. So I suppose it's, I don't know, it comes back to a little bit of experience as a trainer and things like that, but yeah. having a few tricks up your sleeve. Yeah. Because sometimes, yeah, you just can't run your normal session and you can't rock up and get stage fright because people are like, oh, what are we doing? <laughs> so you've got to act like, oh, no, this is what we're doing, rah, rah, rah. 
I think it's important to have those, yeah, yeah. those little winners up your sleeve. Yeah, I don't know. What did you used to do? I had similar thing. Like, so before I had my iPad, I used to print off the workouts and I can't rock it with a clipboard. And in that clipboard, or during winter, during the cold months especially, I would have uh, a wind, like a wet weather workout, yep. which was always like, didn't require much space. It was usually like, probably like a strength workout. And so like, partner drills and we would go there was one undercover spot we could go to while it was still light but then come dark and then the studio which I ran from they expanded ah. and into like this giant warehouse next door Perfect. so then I got like super lucky and, and then I would just run a session there and we actually during winter we started running an indoor and outdoor boot camp yep two different groups because some people prefer to go indoors. That's good to have that. And so we would option. just like, if it, was, if it was raining, you know, when the session, if it starts raining when the session's going, we just keep going. But if it was raining beforehand, I'd text people and we would go indoors and just join the indoor group yep. and do a workout together. Perfect. And I would just be in communication with that trainer so they knew if we were going to like, yeah. And it usually meant we had to like, we'll do, okay, we're doing this one this week, so we'll do that one. Because we had to make sure we weren't doing the same, same. workout as the indoor group because yeah. we needed the equipment. Correct. Right? So, so there was like, yeah. So I used to plan out, I used to plan out all the sessions. That's why I had to do like a month in advance, especially uh, stuff yeah. like that because yep. I had to like communicate with the trainer what was going on. So, and who so yeah, I used equipment? to like stagger out the, the workouts at different days. Ah, uh, right. That makes sense. Yeah. I suppose now I'm having an issue because it's so cold in the mornings that you can't use kettlebells or... Yeah, no, that's because they're, oh, like they're, yeah, yeah. they're freezing. Uh-huh. Yeah, so I suppose that's where, again, you've got to have a back pile of activities uh-huh. that you know you can use that don't require those sort of bits of equipment. Yeah. But, yeah, I suppose it, it all comes down just to being prepared. Yeah, yeah. You know, and, and that's Mother Nature outdoors. You know, you're always going to get uh-huh. different things. But I suppose things that I do have, I went and bought two really high-powered portable lights, battery-powered, okay. so I can anywhere in the dark I just like under a bridge or wherever yeah yep so that that's been really helpful uh-huh. I suppose having my iPad that uses a timer yeah uh, these are little things that they cost a little bit to set up yeah I think they pay themselves off yeah basically yeah. in the long run mm-hmm. yeah yeah I think definitely they're not they're not things that you should feel like should hold you back from starting a boot camp if you haven't already correct but yeah they, they're definitely things you should add to your arsenal and you should budget yeah. for that I think you need to you need to be reinvesting back in yourself. So yeah. I know we're gonna pre like episodes down the track we're gonna talk about this sort of thing, but Yeah, we've got one on money coming yeah. coming so up. So we won't go into it too yeah. much, but <laughs> I think it's important to use that money and buy better equipment. Uh-huh. Or new equipment. Yeah. If you're only using body weight to start off a boot game, which is fine, I know a lot of people do that. Yeah, yeah. But your profits, you need to be building that business instead of spending them. I suppose invest back in yourself. Mm-hmm. So, and I know we'll go more into that in the money episode. Mm-hmm. Do you have anything else you want to say about planning the perfect session? Not really. I liked uh, those ideas there. I suppose if you are running sessions and, you, and you're not putting enough time into your planning, then it's probably a fair chance that your clients are going to reflect that as well. Yep. Your numbers will be dwindling or you may see yourself fail at the start. Mm-hmm. So I think it's really important that if you may struggle doing this, find somebody that does have that expertise in the sessions or planning them or things like that. You know, you might be better at other areas of marketing. Yeah. So go to your strengths mm-hmm. and 
Yeah, but I, I think it's really important. And I suppose the biggest thing for me is it doesn't cost anything to have a smile on your face and be enthusiastic. <laughs> Do it for that 45 minutes or an hour. Uh-huh. That is your job. Game face, bang, go for it. Yep. When they leave, you can go back to being extrovert or introvert or whatever you are. Yeah. But you've got to be up and about for that session. I yep. think that's my biggest bit of advice. God, I don't yep. know. Any of you got? Oh, a big takeaway. You just stole it. No. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, mate. You stole all mine with the group size. <laughs> uh, yeah, I'd, I'd say the other thing to do is while you should plan your sessions, don't get too hung up on it being like this perfect session. Yep. You know, have, have your backup plan there in case of emergencies and keep, keep adding variety to your sessions as well. Like don't plan enough in advance or either set a day like you have where each day you focus on a different thing so you can keep lots of variety in sessions and that'll keep your clients progressing as well and stop them from plateauing correct and i think that's the biggest thing to take out of that mm-hmm. oh spot on mate all right episode three yeah Done. Like that. very exciting Alrighty, guys thanks for listening if you uh really like our episode you can uh leave feedback and check out our show notes yeah you can find the show notes to all our episodes at trainerstribe.com forward slash podcasts uh, and if you're feeling generous or you'd really like to let us know how you're feeling you can go to iTunes and leave a really nice review for Kyle and myself yeah or if you want to help us spread the word and get more trainers you know putting some of this awesome stuff into action and helping to improve our industry uh, just email us onto someone else or forward it or tell them about the show we'd really appreciate it it's really helpful I've been uh, Dale Sidebottom. I've been Kyle Wood. 